Brandon Steiner, and this is Unplugged with Brandon Steiner. Welcome to another episode of Unplugged with Brandon Steiner. I've got a great guest today, somebody who's doing some tremendous work, the important work, and if you've got, well, if you've had some struggles or you're feeling a little down, this is a good conversation you want to listen to because to say that this person has dealt with some adversity is probably an understatement, and also that more importantly, he's moved to doing what's, what's probably what's important in life, which is helping other people. Fred Hagler, nice to talk with you. How are you? Good morning. It's good to be on. Thanks for having me. I have a plaque, uh, Brett, in my office, and it says, Story. Everybody has one. What's your story? Tell us a little bit about, you know, why you are where you are. Um, you know, you started New Story, so it's kind of a little bit fits into the question of what's your story. You're the CEO of New Story. What's your story? And tell us a little bit about New Story. Yeah, so I'll give you guys the, the summary. Um, and for context, so I run New Story, which is a, a nonprofit that builds communities um, throughout the developing world, which I'll get into to more. Uh, but how that started, uh, I was um, born down in South Florida and kind of hit the, uh, the jackpot on day one, I like to say, of being born into an amazing family, um, of course, with you know, shelter and all my basic needs and education and, you know, everything I could ask for was really just given to me um, on day one. And so I grew up and really just cared about uh, sports, getting into middle school um, and high school, and uh, was kind of your stereotypical jock in high school, um, captain of the football team, you know, wanted to be Zach Morris, and, and just kind of thought of myself as this, uh, this, this like Superman um, when I was um, 18 and in high school. And then really out of nowhere, I got struck with um, – a call that said that I had a very rare form of cancer um, at age 18, and it just kind of literally came out of nowhere. Um, was, I had never dealt with adversity in my life before, um, and that was, you know, a, a huge turning point in my life to where um, I had to fight through some struggles, uh, had to exercise a lot of grit and positivity, and try to see a larger vision um, in life than just kind of what I had been living for. Um, and the short story is that, you know, I, I got through that after about a year. And then instead of kind of taking the approach of, okay, you know, I, you know, may not have made it, but, you know, I, I survived cancer and I want to now go out and try to do good and help other people and, you know, try to change parts of the world. Um, I really took the other approach and I thought that, you know, I'm young, I made it through this. Um, you only live once, and so now I need to go make the most of life. And unfortunately, I kind of had the wrong equation in my head of what that meant. And so I went off to college, and I pursued what I call uh, the three Gs, uh, which is girls, gold, and glory. I and that, that was really all I pursued. What's that? You weren't alone with those three Gs, by the way. <laughs> I know. Yeah, of course. You know, and... Um, and it's very common to, to get sucked into thinking that, you know, that equals um, fulfillment and happiness, right, of course. But uh, I, I found out that that's not the case. And, um, you know, after college, I had uh, therefore started a for-profit um, tech company right out of school when I was about 23. We raised about a million bucks and kind of did that right out of college when I was 
pretty young and, of course, very inexperienced. Um, but really just trying to, to do that to with the sole purpose, purpose of making as much money as I can when, when I was young. Um, long story short, I kind of got to the point in my life where I wasn't rock bottom. I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't down and out. I was just wondering, questioning that there had to be a bigger purpose for why I was here on life. And there had to be more to life than um, these things that I was aiming for. And so um, what happened with me personally was just through a, a revived uh, faith that um, sent me down um, to, to Haiti, um, which is actually the poorest country on this hemisphere. Hold on, hold and, on, hold on. Uh, hold on. I, I got to stop you for a second. You don't just pop yeah. over to Haiti. <laughs> now, that had to I be know. a little more of a lower point, or was there a little bit of a lower point? It was like, you know, I need to get out of here and, and reset, or how do you get to Haiti? Yeah, you know, it was just like I mentioned in the beginning that, you know, I was born into what I, I kind of call like the jackpot um, with my family and our country and uh, a, a very comfortable lifestyle, to say the least. And I had never seen anything, uh, you know, about the developing world. You know, I kind of hear some stuff online or you see some like really bad charity marketing that tries to guilt you into stuff. But sure. I, I never I had never like experienced it. And um, and like kind of through this revived faith i wanted to um i wanted to go serve and like just to see some of the people that really were the poorest folks on um around me or at least on this hemisphere and i wanted to experience that to get out of my comfort zone um and so that's that's what led me down there um and when i got down there it was a couple years after the it was a 2010 earthquake that your listeners hopefully recall um that was pretty devastating. It, it killed about 300,000 people, um, destroyed, you know, over a million people, uh, homes. And so we got down there and just saw like all of these tents, um, these blue tarp tents that people were living in, um, because all their homes were destroyed. And so they were given temporary tents by some of the larger aid organizations. And so I got to go in and meet kids that, um, were now being born into these tents and, uh, just to give you an example of what it's like inside of a tent for anybody that has children, uh, just you know, kind of imagine at night if uh, you were going to sleep and um, there was no safety or no protection, uh, meaning intruders, meaning weather uh, for your kids. And imagine that when it rains at night, um, mud and sewage will you know kind of go through the floor, oh and your kids don't have anywhere to sleep, so they have to sleep on the floor which means when it's raining at night, they have to stand up the whole night and then, you know, try to go to school in the morning, you know? And so it was just like the lowest rungs of what we call survival mode living. And what struck me, and this was kind of the aha moment, was that these kids that I met, they didn't do anything to like deserve to be born where they were born in this environment of survival mode, right? Just like I didn't do anything to deserve where I was born. It was a gift. And I realized that, you know, everyone in the world has talent and intelligence, right? People are given talent and intelligence, athletes, musicians, um, you know, whatever it is, they have talent and intelligence. Um, that's universal. What's not I, universal I like to add is, that, you know, I think that everybody's born regardless is a worthwhile good person, human, good human being deserves to have the best. 
Amen. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Because I think what people are born on, you know, a lot of times people are born on third base. They think they hit a triple. And a lot of times people are born outside the stadium and they feel like, man, why aren't I in there? Or what I want sitting in the good seats. And you're not, they're also just as valuable. I, I mean, anybody absolutely. that's here is a valuable person just because they're a valuable person. And regardless of their financial or what you think other people think or maybe how somebody else may have tried to treat you. And I think sometimes that gets misconstrued a lot of times with wealth. You know, people put wealth on a pedestal, but it's the most ridiculous thing we probably have going on in this country. I'm glad you brought it up because it's something that I wish that would be brought up a lot more in schools and in conversations that wealth is not what should be defining people and what gets respect and what gets you all the free gifts. Or the better hotel room, yeah, well, I guess if you have the money, you get the better hotel room and the nicer car. But we should always be treating everybody great, you know, regardless of their status. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right, Brandon. Yeah. And so, you know, I saw that and uh, I wanted uh, the missing link was just the opportunity to have shelter, right? Like one of life's three most basic needs. And so it occurred to me that was really what the root cause was for how they were living. And then, you know, but I was 20, I was 24 at this time, and I had no experience with nonprofits. I, I, I really didn't even like nonprofits up to this point. I thought that uh, for the most part, of course, not all, there's extraordinary groups. Uh, but my personal experience was that I couldn't really trust where the money went. Um, it kind of seemed like a black hole sometimes. I didn't know what percent was being used. Uh, I didn't know the end result, you know, if I gave uh, $1,000 to another country, where would it actually go? And so I kind of took these frustrations with a couple co-founders that were also uh, my age at the time, and we said, hey, what would it look like to create a, a more transparent type of giving experience for donors? So, you know, we could actually go back and tell people about this issue, which everyone can understand, right? That like no kid should be born into a tent slum where they don't have shelter, water, clean, clean food, um, right? That's, that's obvious. But like with, there's objections that you don't know where the money goes sometimes. And so that's why we started a new story was to solve two problems. Um, the first was obvious, which was to get people out of these tent uh, zones. And the second one was to try to create uh, a different type of giving experience. Um, and so we launched a new story about two and a half years ago. And uh, we've now done about a thousand of these homes uh, within uh, f uh, four countries. And uh, we started building uh, a lot of homes. And we quickly realized that it wasn't just building homes, but we were starting to create entire villages, uh, communities. So it's just kind of imagine in your head, there's a 200 home community that now has a school that has clean water in the community that has agriculture training and gardens. Um, that's what we do now is we, we build these communities around the world. And um, we're a group of young, young folks that are all under 30. And um, we could not be more passionate about um, about what we're doing. And I think the way that we're approaching it um, and trying to kind of transform some of the culture uh, of philanthropy. So, you know, you're building a lot of homes, doing a lot of tremendous work, a lot of insight here. Um, obviously, sometimes it seems like your your bust or at least what your low point there actually led you to something really promising and purposeful. 
But what's the future? Yeah. Well, how's the future look for you? You know, what are some of the goals? What's some of the next steps? And I got to get to at some point how other people, like maybe they're listening, can help you and find you. But what are the goals? Like, what are, you know, how do you how do you get this scalable? Because there's so much need. I mean, how do you even pick? Yeah. So I'll I'll absolutely get to that. And what I would say is for like uh, first is that for anyone listening. Um, yeah, this is obviously just like my cause and my personal story. Um, everyone listening has their own cause or their own personal story of what they want to help do, whether it's, of course, locally or maybe in their family or perhaps internationally. And my advice to anybody that has that desire to at least do something is first, don't get overwhelmed by the problem, right? Because in the very beginning, it can be very overwhelming that the problem is so big and it's like, ah, I can't solve the whole thing, and it's just a drop in the bucket, so why even do it, right? So don't let that overwhelm you. And the antidote to that is to is to start small and to try to do for one, whether it's one person or one family or one community, what you wish you could do for all, right? Because you can't by yourself really change the world, especially in the beginning, but everybody listening, you can for damn sure – change somebody's world, right? Or you can change a family's world. And so that'll be my challenge to people listening is that start small. You can think big, but start small. And that's how we started. And, you know, things happened and, and we're now growing. Um, but I wanted to get that out, Brandon. Is there, uh, is there one story of one home or one situation that really kind of said, wow, you know, something I'm on the right track this, this is really, I'm, I'm even more inspired now than when I started. Yeah, I mean, I think the, probably the, the best day of my life um, was giving out our, um, our first home. And it was to a, a woman, um, her name was Nancy. She's about 61. She was a widow. She had lost her, um, her husband during the earthquake. And she had been living in a a god-awful tent for the last um, almost six years. And the fact that, you know, we, we had an idea and we decided to actually start and try to do something and, you know, raise it. It wasn't a lot of money. It was $6,000. Our homes are only $6,000. I think I left that part out. You built uh, an entire home for six, are you building an entire home for something for $6,000? Now, are people donating That's right. different yeah. things and helping you in, in the 6000 just for some hard costs? Well, we buy all local material and we hire all local workers. So that helps us with the cost. And, you know, these homes, uh, folks listening, you kind of think of almost like tiny homes, which is kind of catching on in America, where uh, our homes are a little smaller. They're around 500 square feet. So they're smaller, um, two to three, uh, three to four bedrooms, I'm sorry, rooms. And so, you know, it's perspective of, of the size of them. I want to send my kids um, con- to one of these homes, man. That's a <laughs> perspective. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, just to answer your question, uh, uh, a turning point was, you know, giving her those keys, seeing the the, the true joy uh, that I've really never seen up close and personal in a human being before of getting that home. Um, that just kind of lit a fire in me and my team and – from my perspective, is this was so different than what I mentioned before of the life that I had been living, right? I had been pursuing, I thought the three G's, girls, gold, and glory, were the answer to fulfillment and purpose, right? Um, 
But then this was a 180, and this was 100 times more fulfilling than what I had been trying to live for. And so that was the catalyst to say, man, I just want more of this. I want to do more of this and build a team around this and create a vision uh, to try to scale this. And so that's what we're trying to do now. Well, how's your health? I mean, you know, through all this, are you as strong and solid health-wise? But you had the adversity. You mentioned yeah. the cancer. I mean, how is that playing yeah. a part in all this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm very healthy. And I think that that adversity, um, one, it, it did a couple things, big things. One, it, it really instilled grit in me. Um, that has translated well to being an entrepreneur. Um, two, it made me really rethink my diet and what I'm eating and where the food is coming from. Um, and it made me even more, I was already um, uh, b- very passionate about exercise and fitness, but it made me even more so passionate about that. And yeah, so, Brett, Brett, get into a little more detail here. We don't, you know, we, we, we're very familiar on this pod. And, and people to read my blogs, um, they, they know all about exercise and nutrition, but we want to know a yeah. couple of little secrets of, you know, how you see <laughs> that going, a couple of details, if you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think um, most folks would think that I'm a, a little, a little obsessive with, um, with some of the habits and routines, but, and I'll get to that, but it, it stemmed from going through this adversity and realizing that, man, you know, I made it out on the other side and how can I now like just really go out and attack life? And for me on the physical side, that starts, uh, I'm an early, early morning workout guy. So usually up at four thirty in the gym at five, um, you know, doing my CrossFit early in the morning. And then, uh, after that following a, a pretty, a pretty strict diet for the most part of, um, clean foods, kind of a paleo ish type of diet. Um, and you know, I do that. What'd you eat this morning? Number What'd you eat this morning? Uh, so I'm on the West coast and, uh, it's now 7:40 AM. And so I've actually did my workout, um, on an empty stomach. I do it early in the morning that way. Same. And then I've now got into, uh, some of your listeners may know this, but Bulletproof Coffee. Uh, have you heard of that, Brandon? No, I don't drink coffee, but tell us. Okay. I've never had a cup well, of coffee sound... in my life and uh, probably don't plan on it, but that's just me. Well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> um, well, it's going to sound crazy to you then, but I'm sh- I guarantee you some of your listeners uh, are drinking a Bulletproof Coffee right now. It's this new fad that's kind of come out where it's uh, it's basically saying, you know, Healthy fats are good, right? And uh, a lot of carbs are bad. So supplement carbs with healthier fats. And one of the ways to do that in the morning is to put, um, this is going to sound crazy, but grass-fed butter into your coffee instead of milk, and then coconut oil into your coffee as well. And you blend that up, and that's what you kind of drink in the morning. Um, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm drinking right now. Um, and then I'll I'll have uh, food in about an hour. Wow! And are you like a seven day a week workout guy or? Uh, yeah, you know I um I try to I travel a lot um, and I I try to work out really just every day I can, um, which used to be six to seven days a week. Um, it's it's a mental thing for me. It's uh, a little bit of you know my type of yoga 
is to really get in and, and get after it. And for me, that translates into the other parts of my day and energizes me the other parts of my day. And I would say that it's, um, it's definitely a, a, uh, one of my strengths, um, just as far as being able to leverage some of the self-discipline to, for the workout and the diet, because that translates over into self-discipline into your business as well. Um, how do you get a whole, how do you help? I mean, you're doing so much work and it's hard for people to get their arms around. Is it, do you get, do you go make a donation based on a specific project? Do you make a, a donation based yeah. on like the overall process of what you're doing? How, how do people participate? Yeah. So I'll, I'll lay that out. Um, so what we do is we have an online website that we take family stories from around the world that are living in conditions that I spoke about. Um, they agree to be in our program. We then put their, their story. So, you know, who their kids are, you know, why they're in this situation along with their, their picture, um, on our website. So donors get to see exactly who they would be helping. Okay. So you come onto the site, you see who needs help. You then give directly to that family. Um, 100% of that donation goes towards building their new house, which is only $6,000 per home. We have uh, a set of private donors that cover all of our overhead. So, you know, my team salary, our travel, et cetera, is covered by private donors. So if any listeners donate, 100% goes to building the homes. And then when the family moves into the house, we take a video of them getting their keys and their home certificate. As I mentioned, one of the best days of their lives. And we send that back to everybody that donated. So that's kind of our process is we try to make it as transparent as possible. We match you directly with the family and we show you the end result that the, the donors made happen, you know, because I just think too often donors do not get to see um, what they've done. And, and we want to champion our donors because our donors are the heroes and we're just kind of the brokers in the middle connecting the donors to the families. So that's our process. I know your faith is very strong. Um, I know you have a Christian faith, and I know you have a mission here. But tell me where your faith and your strength will take you if we were talking four years from now. Tell me how you see this playing out if we were just all of a sudden fast forward. And give me a little bit of a picture for me and, and people that are listening of what your situation was. It's definitely you're on something, and uh, it's special. It's God's work, no doubt. Tell me where you'll be in four years and what that looks like. Yeah, I think first of all, you gotta, you can't be scared to, to, um, and I've heard you talk about this, Brandon, but to, to dream just bigger than you could possibly imagine and, and have the faith that it actually is possible and bold ideas attract bold people. That's something that I've learned early on. And so, you know, what the future of New Story looks like is, uh, we're trying to attack a problem of, it's about a billion person problem, which can be so overwhelming, right? And the way that we want to do that is not for news story to try to do that all ourselves, right? Because that's, that's impossible. And and it frustrates me sometimes for people to, that say, you know, we're going to end this crisis. or we're going to end this crisis all by ourselves, right? Because when you do the math, it's like, "Mm, I don't think so. So what we want to do is we say, hey, there's a billion-person problem of families living in the lowest rungs of where they don't have licensed basic needs, survival mode living. There are thousands upon thousands of organizations already trying to serve these people. 
there are governments that are already serving these people. And so what New Story wants to do is we want to help create innovative um, solutions that we can share with other nonprofits and other governments to make them better and to make their process better, um, to provide more innovative home units, to provide software to help them, to provide tools that they can um, measure data with and make data influence decisions on how to get better. Um, and that way, we believe, is how we can make the most impact as an organization. And so that's a little bit in the future of trying to say, hey, what would it take to help scale um, our impact? And how can we do it in a way where it's not just all about our organization, but how can we, how can we design our business model and our vision to more so help the larger, um, the larger need? And so we want to help power other organizations. That's what the future looks like for us. Very cool. Love the work. Thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. It's always inspiring when I see somebody that not only does good and, and it, but the commitment. I mean, this, this is not your life work. It's this is not like uh, you're dibbly and dabbling around. You're digging into <laughs> some some real problems. So it's you should yeah. be real proud and of I'll, the work you're and doing. And Brian, I'll I'll say one more quick thing if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. So it's so we have a team and um, our culture at New Story is we have a, a very similar culture. How many employees, a, by the way? Kind of like, how, how many employees? Uh, ten employees. Ten full-time employees. Yep. And uh, we have a very similar culture to a kind of a, a fast-growing tech startup. And um, so when, when people come and join our team, it's not a traditional type of charity setup. And um, by having that culture, it makes coming to work even more enjoyable and even more fun. And so anybody listening, we actually are hiring. Um, you could go to our website slash careers and we'll have some uh, new new opportunities coming up probably you know at least every quarter. So you can follow along and um, you can read a little bit more about our culture and and why that inspires us um, really every morning to to come to work and and think big and make things happen. Well, great. It's great having you today. Oh, good luck with this uh, mission and uh, keep up. The Thank good you, work. Brandon. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you today. We'll talk to you soon and hopefully uh, for you listening and uh, you have you have it in you to give some support to this beautiful cause. That, that would be a great thing too. 